0: Real quick, I want to thank our sponsors, MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Casino, and the Oklahoma Ford Dealers. Driving to your best in Oklahoma, Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Welcome into the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. And today, putting his hand in the dirt with me for the very first time, it's ESPN's SEC Network's Darinoka. How are you, sir? I am great, Sam. It's good to talk to you, man. Man, I'm so excited to have you on this show. It's a huge week here in Oklahoma, obviously, with OU (laughs) Texas going on down in the Cotton Bowl. Everybody's fired up. We've got a tremendous lineup here on the Sellout Crowd Network. Bob Stoops has got Baker Mayfield. We've got Teddy Lehman. We've got Roy Williams. I just spoke to Tommy Harris not too long ago. (laughs) And uh, Dari Noka ends it in a fantastic way for us. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, I don't really compare to those names, but uh, how many of those guys did you try to block at any point, by
0: the way, in your in your life in Bedlam? So I, I definitely spent some time beating up on Tommy and, and Teddy, for sure. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like our relationships are strained now because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, hear I
1: hear you. Those are some good battles, man.
0: All right, got to ask you this question before we get into the game and, uh, and what's going on in the SEC. How do you feel about, the Bigsby Spartans dominating the east side of the state of, of Oklahoma in high school football.
1: <laughs> I, I'm
0: not comfortable with it to be honest. I, I thought it was jinx and Union and the
1: occasional B A and Owasso nibble. Uh, I, I I um you could see it coming. They were in, when they were five A. They were building and building. That's a part of the Tulsa area where people are moving further south. They're getting a massive population. Uh, a little bit of wealth and uh, the ability probably to bring some kids in uh, from wherever they want. It's look, it was kind of, I think it was kind of meant to be and you could see it coming a little bit, but, but I think we need to
0: somehow put a little bit of a slowdown on it. You're right. Now, when did you graduate from union? (laughs) 94, 94. Had they already begun their dominance of the East side? No. So it was, we, us, Jinx, BA, we were all still really like kind
1: of about the same, Midwest city was in fact, in fact, my freshman year at OU was 95 was, let's see, it would have been the 94 season actually. Cause I was out. Okay. Of, I was a freshman. Midwest city beat union in the state championship game in Stillwater. So it was still a little bit West side. And then eventually shortly after that is kind of when bill Blankenship and Alan Trimble, uh great man who we lost way too soon uh, coach Trimble, but, uh, really kind of started their two decade, 25 year almost dominance of that side uh, of the state of Oklahoma in 6A.
0: All right, let's dive into it. OU Texas weekend. You are an OU grad. I know that you look forward to this weekend every year just like I do. Obviously, I didn't play in this game, but for me OU Texas back in the early 2000s was a decision who was going to compete for a national championship. Mm-hmm. They were the mm-hmm. flagships of the conference. I was very. I'm still proud to say that I played against those great OU teams and those great Texas teams of that era. They were just bigger than life. You know, you're talking nine or ten guys on on going to the NFL on each defense. I mean, it was unbelievable watching them compete back then. Uh, Obviously, over the last 20 years, things have changed. These teams don't necessarily look like they did back then. But still, the pageantry, the expectations for this game, the state fair of Texas. Yeah. All the the craziness with the fans—you just gotta love it.
1: I, I do. This is to me. It's funny because the first one I ever went to was in '96. Oklahoma was zero and four. Texas, I think, was three and one, and it went into overtime. And James Allen found his way to the end zone in overtime, and OU gave Texas a loss that it is probably the worst. Lost Texas has ever had in the series. I'm not talking about the score. I'm talking about losing to an 0-4 Oklahoma team that John Blake coached. You would have thought we won the national championship that day in Austin and Dallas. Nobody left the stadium
0: <laughs> that
1: was wearing crimson and cream. I look forward to it every year. Um, and this one feels a little bit more like those ones you were talking about, you know, in the early 2000s when it had so much on the line. This one feels like... First of all, it feels like the first of two meetings between the two this year, but it also feels like a track to a playoff spot could, could be in right there for whoever wins this game. And it's got, frankly, I, I think it's going to be an unbelievable game. I think Oklahoma has an absolute shot to win. Uh, so no, I love this week. In fact, we're highlighting that game this week a little bit on the SEC network as well. Why not? I mean, I know our commissioner's going. Greg Sankey will be there. Um, So we're kind of making it a deal here for the SEC folks that watch our network to like understand what this game is about. And uh, we'll be having highlights of it, maybe a little bit of a breakdown on Saturday. And and we'll uh, really, throughout the course of the week, we'll promote it.
0: How do you feel about this being, I mean, just the move in general, right? Like it seemed Mm -hmm. like it came out of nowhere and... You know, for me, at least, like I was holding on to those two teams, just hoping the Big 12 survive conference realignment. You know, my yeah. my narrative was, as long as we keep OU in Texas, the Big 12 is going to be something I can tell my grandkids about, right? And then all of a sudden, they're gone, right? Off to the SEC. Are you going to miss them with the Big 12 brand? No, because, well, so yes, I, I, a part of me will.
1: But, like, Let's be real here. I, my, my television life is the Southeastern Conference, and I get to welcome in my alma mater and our biggest rival to the league. So the league that I cover on a daily basis, the, the league, you know, the, the network I'm on that is associated with and works in conjunction with the SEC itself is getting two premier power programs. We watch the Big Ten blow up, right? We, we don't know what the ACC is going to do. We don't, we know the PAC 12 is never going to look the same, even if it has the same name. And we know the big 12, frankly, has done a really good job, I think in building itself, but in rebuilding, but our league is one that is very stable. It is highly successful in getting OU and Texas in it. Uh, I, I, I'm thrilled. It was one of the best days of my life outside of family. Uh, when it became official that OU and Texas were coming into this league, I, it was, it's, it's a great, mix of, of of professional and personal interests and uh, I couldn't be
0: happier about it Yeah, you know, when you take a look at both programs is there one that you feel like is more SEC ready and maybe not yeah. necessarily from the team aspect like personnel wise but I'm talking about just the program in general because for me it just mm-hmm. seems like the Longhorns get it right now, right? Like, they're going to just sacrifice it all. We'll find a way to compete. We'll spend the money. We'll do all the things. You know, Oklahoma's brand is exceptional in the last 20 years, and there does feel to me like there's a little bit of, you know, we don't have to play the games that everyone else, is, else does because we are Oklahoma football, and we do have this history, and we have been so dominant in the last 20 years of college football. I I think both of them. To be honest sam are I think they're very very
1: similar in those ways. I think you know we we always hear the phrase the line here," and people around the country want to make fun of it, and I totally get it right It just means more, but ultimately what what does it just means more mean well it it means to the houses in the southeast to the to the to the fans of s e c schools what their team does on a given Saturday means more it, it'll impact their mood for a week it will impact. Whether or not they can sleep, it'll impact what they, uh, how happy they are at home, how happy they are at work, the things they say to their buddies, their identity is in many ways in, in this part of the country, in the SEC, it is their identity is tied into the university's athletics team that they root for, teams that they root for. Culturally, Texas is the same. Culturally, Oklahoma is the same geography makes sense, but culturally within the fan bases and the importance of the schools and the teams to the fan bases on an hourly daily seasonal basis, it's the same. It fits beautifully into this league. Texas has every resource in the world to succeed. I think Oklahoma has every resource in the world to succeed. We're seeing it in transfer portal. We're seeing it in NIL. We're seeing it in high school recruiting. Oklahoma's not lagging behind really anybody when it comes to being able to get who they want with the resources that they have to offer. So I think both of them are, are absolutely sec ready. And frankly, I think on the field, they're both very much sec ready. I didn't think that would be the case, but I do as I'm watching Texas now and I'm watching Oklahoma now, and frankly, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the transfer portal impact the sec a little bit more in a negative way than we thought it would. I think they're going to, they're going to blend in beautifully immediately.
0: Yeah, you know, the portal has been interesting for sure. You know, as a, in the beginning, I was a little uncertain. I'll say this I was happy for those kids who got stuck, right? You know, I played with guys in college that, you know, they had expectations that they were going to be starters and, and it didn't work out for them. And they had to sit there for two or three years, yeah. you know, with no hope of getting on the field. And all they wanted to do was play football, right? There's some point with every college football player that you realize, I'm not going to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you want to just give up, right, and be a tackling dummy in practice. So I'm happy for those guys that were able to leave programs and go find playing time. I think that is, I think that is cool. But I'm also, I think as I – as it gets deeper into this whole thing, like you said, it's kind of impacting the SEC negatively, but, but it's really adding more parity across the board. Right? You're seeing these guys that's- go coast to coast, and we're just getting better football in college now.
1: I, love, I, I think that's the best thing that could have happened. You know, over the last two years, 728 football players from the SEC transferred out of SEC schools. 728 wow. now, which is by far more than any other conference. Now, some of them, a handful of them, have landed back at another SEC school. You know, you look at Georgia, they've got two receivers, one at Missouri and one at Mississippi State that are now there. That does happen some, but the vast majority are out of this league, so it's impacted depth. It's uh, certainly added SEC-quality talent to other rosters and other conferences. There's no question it is the biggest thing that's impacted the level of parity. You know, I think that I, I thought, like a lot of people thought, Oh, okay. And Nick Saban even said it. Fine. I'll just kind of keep getting these guys and we'll just keep building. You know, you think, all right, that portal's going to mean, it. you know, Georgia can get who they want. Bama can get who they want. LSU can get who they want. And it's actually gone the other direction. We've seen people leaving these rosters to get opportunities elsewhere and it's paying off for them. And uh, it has, it's really created a parody that I think Um, You know, while some in the league office in Birmingham might be like, eh, we don't love where we are as much as we usually do this time of
0: year as a conference, it's great for the game. I would have told you probably 2009 through about 17 that as a 60-40 run guard from Northeastern Ohio, I would have had very few choices on where to go play college football. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you go back to – 2000 and everybody's running the football and everybody is. The Big Ten's got a ton of them. The Pac-12 had a ton of them. Big 12 obviously had a ton of them at that time but but in, around 2012-13 I'm looking at the landscape thinking man the only place I could have called home and been able to play the kind of football that I want to play would have been the SEC, Notre mm-hmm. Dame and Wisconsin. Right? I mean that's that's kind of how yeah. it went and, and I think that really was probably the catalyst on why the Big 12 and some of these other conferences suffered so much is because, you know, as much as I miss Mike Leach, I, I blame him for a lot of what happened to college football. Everybody started throwing it all over the place, and it's wide splits, and it's no more eye formations, and the fullback is gone, and no more double tights, and, yeah. and it's crazy, but it just seemed like the SEC really held true to that style of play, which at the end of the day is the style of play that we're seeing in the National Football League. And so if you're Sam Mays at 18 years old and your goal is to play the NFL one day, Well, you're looking at the SEC, well, they're going to teach me how to do that, right, versus any other conference in college football. The style of plays really is kind of what has led this meteoric rise of that conference. Uh, I think so, too, but we've also seen heavy transition away from that in in many, you
1: know, look at what Lane Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss, although they still want to run the ball. That's been his frustration. We can't run the ball as well as we usually have. What Josh Heupel has done at Tennessee, obviously certainly wants to run the ball but out of passing sets and that's kind of what Ole Miss does as well so I mean we've seen that transition that may have started in the Big 12 might have started in the Pac-12 it certainly has bled over into the SEC but there is still that importance in physicality size up front creating holes the old-fashioned way and running the football so you know you look at Georgia that's as pro style as it gets they've got a tight end that could go one or you know not one or two with the quarterbacks but three or four in the draft and um is frankly a superstar there. You know, you look at the team that's won the last two national championships. That's a pro style offense. So, so for the Sam mazes of, you know, Northeast Ohio that wants to play in the NFL, that would have
0: been right. That would have been a perfect situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. One more about the the sec and then we'll go into this game and we'll wrap it up. Uh, As far as Alabama's concerned, what are are people panicking? I mean, there's no quarterback all of a sudden, and even when there wasn't a quarterback back in the day, they still have a defense that was just turning off the lights on offenses, right? Like they had enough in other places that you didn't have to worry about them losing potentially two or three games in a season. It's looking a little rough there in Tuscaloosa.
1: Yeah. I I think there's a few things. One is they don't have the quarterback. Jalen Milrow is now, but however I'm actually, I like him. I I do like him. It was a difficult competition, three-way competition, all off season long, Milrow ended up winning it then they wanted to try a little bit of something else against South Florida in a game they knew they would win and what did they show themselves that Milrow's the answer I actually like him and they can run the ball well offensive line is not very good so you and I don't know how much of that might be impacted by the portal lack of depth on the offensive line uh secondary's been a little bit iffy we thought that was going to be a strength of Alabama. So. And again, but you don't have five-star after five-star that you can plug and play. They've gone elsewhere, whether it's out of high school or it's in the transfer portal. So I think Alabama's a really good, maybe one of the best examples nationally of a program that has had to deal with things they don't normally have to deal with. But the biggest thing for them, in my well, another big thing, think over the years the receivers they've had, whether it's Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or Jamison Williams, uh John Mechie, Devontae Smith, like they don't have it. They didn't have it last year. They do not have it now. And so they're not able to make the big explosive pass plays that, that can break a game open. I mean, how many times on a first possession did it seem like we saw them hit somebody on a quick slant and they're gone 75 yards and it's seven, nothing. And the other team, you know, they just got on, you know, they we, that's the second or third play of the game. That explosiveness in the pass game is gone.
0: I think there's a multitude of reasons for it, and I think the portal certainly does play into it. All right, let's dive into it. OU Texas this weekend, state fair. It's going to be perfect conditions. I've been down there, and it was mm. 105 degrees, and I was sweating through all my clothes before I even got into the uh, the stadium. I think it's supposed to be like 74, 75 oh this gosh. weekend, which is That's just going amazing. to be amazing. Perfect. Uh, I love this game. I'm excited about it. I think the way that you describe both teams coming into it is accurate. You know, I, I will say that things have changed so much in college football in regards to the amount of physicality that these teams get in the in their fall camp, right, and in their spring ball. So I think it takes a little longer within the actual framework of the season for them to be playing their best brand of football. But when I look at Oklahoma. Against Iowa State, I saw an offensive line that was firing off the ball together. Mm -hmm. I saw Dylan Gabriel, who looked like he was in midseason form. I think that kid should be on some Heisman list with the way he's performing right now. I think that receiving core has come along nicely. They've got four backs that are super serviceable there. And Norman and Brent Venables, finally, for the first time in a decade, has the defense flying around the football field with knowledge, which is number one key. These kids know what they're doing. Right, they understand the defense and when they're playing in, and when they get to the ball, they lay the wood. I mean, they are playing great football right now. Yeah, knowledge, discipline,
1: and absolutely, they're making the tackles right. So fundamentals, knowledge, and discipline—it's all great on that on the defensive side. That's—I get more honestly, I get more excited watching them play defense than I do watching them play offense, and I and I do like the offense. They are, without question, the best team Texas has faced this year. They're better than Alabama. I think you put Oklahoma and Alabama on a neutral field. I like Oklahoma. I would take Oklahoma. And it's the offensive explosiveness combined with the defensive steadiness and dependability that I think that that create that. Um, I think Texas could find themselves having to kind of match score for score to some degree. Not that they can't. I mean, my God, they're receivers. And Xavier Worthy's a superstar their tight end is a superstar. The tailback Brooks that came in and has replaced Bijan Robinson, quite frankly, beautifully. Like this is a really, really, really good team. I think the two teams are very similar to one another. I think the quarterbacks are are equally capable of making big plays. Wide receivers equally capable of getting open. Defense is equally capable of stopping the run and the pass. So I think I think they're as similar to another one another and maybe that comes because I, I I don't know that Sark and Jeff Levy on the offensive side are, are that different. And we know that Venables has made a huge difference with defense and, and they've gotten OU's increased in size. They've gotten bigger in the two years that Venables has been recruiting and they look a little bit more like Texas now up front. So I think they're really, really similar teams. I just love the way Oklahoma's playing right now. Um, I, And I know that Texas is really good too, but I, I I'll be honest, Sam, I, and I'm trying not to be biased in this. I really, I really, really am. I'm usually a very pessimistic Oklahoma fan anyways, but <laughs> I think Oklahoma uh, can
0: absolutely win this game Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you for sure. I haven't come up with a score yet, but I think it's going to be a relatively... I mean, I don't want to say a high scoring affair, but it wouldn't surprise me to see this look like, you know, 35, 28 yeah. uh, situation. I think they're, they're going to get after it pretty good. I think it's going to be a physical matchup, probably one of the more physical matches we've seen in about 10 years in this game. And I think there's something more on the line this weekend when you consider taking that move into the SEC. You know, they really want to have that gold hat on when they walk to the South. So yeah. I'm excited about this game for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you would know this as a player more than I would, but. My hunch is that 49 nothing is still in ou in, in those players' mouths from a no year No question. Ago, right? I
0: mean, that's got to in some way be an impact, I would think. No question. OU is – I can only – Venables, I'm pretty sure, only has like three or four guys that are available to the media this week, and I think that's – I'm usually the complete opposite. I want to talk to everybody. I think it's the players – right to let them know how they feel and all the things Yeah. not this week because you got some dudes on that team i would have been one of those guys that they would have had to stop from talking to the media yeah because i would have had something to say 100 percent coming in this weekend feeling pretty good about my team based yeah. off of what happened last year so yeah i mean i can't wait man i think this game is going to be one of the best we've seen so far this year in college football
1: agreed i think it, it could be it has the potential to be one of the best in that series is history Uh, And and what a way to go out as Big 12 members if they get to have that, if they do have that sort of a matchup. And frankly, again, uh, I would expect them to to meet up again later in December. So uh, whether they do or not
0: remains to be seen, but I think we're in for a treat Saturday for sure. ESPN and SEC Network's Dari Noka joins us on the sellout crowd and in the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. Dari, so much. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You were fantastic, and hopefully we'll talk to you again this season. Hey, Sam, anytime, man. You know how to reach me, so it was great talking to you. Thank you, sir.